0: Episode 124 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Going a little all over the map this week as far as NBA news. A lot of different things to discuss. We'll lead off with the Knicks in just a second, um, but some house cleaning items first uh literally in some ways um a few people have asked about uh you know the last week haven't been able to do anything really on clubhouse a few people have reached out been a busy week you know with my main job down here in florida had four games to call this week uh two different sports um and i'm packing to go back to the tri-state area as well <laughs> so this is the last show I'll be recording in Florida this year. I'm heading back up to the tri-state, and hopefully, uh, we'll be back in MSG to see the Knicks play as soon as possible. But that's the reason um, I haven't been involved on Clubhouse. Uh, I wanted to do something for Knicks Sixers, didn't get the chance to do it. Um, you know, just putting things together around the apartment. You know, completing. Uh, the games I had to complete this weekend was part of that as well, and then planning uh, you know, my trip back home. So I apologize for not having the time to do that this week. Uh, again, you can go follow me on Clubhouse, uh, Sean St. Jacques, you can follow me personally there, or Shock Jacques, Jacques Nick's talk. Uh, the page continues to grow. So hope you guys are uh, continuing to you know join it, spread the word. Uh, and for those that have joined, hopefully you guys join our, our rooms. We haven't had... Um, a ton of people join them yet. It's been a good start to be honest. I've really enjoyed who, uh, has, has come in and and joined the conversation, but we're trying to grow it. We're trying to get it bigger. So hopefully you guys can continue to hop in and give us your thoughts on the Knicks and the NBA as a whole. And obviously I'll be still doing the, the, the same stuff with NBA fan club, um, as well. And, uh, the main, uh, week show, hopefully I'll be able to continue to do that. Uh, a little bit more consistently after this week because of all the other work that I've been doing and, you know, putting together the preparations to travel back home for my, uh, for the winter slash spring, uh, parts of the year. So let's start off with the Knicks and the week that was in Knicks basketball. It, there's a little bit of a weird trend developing with the Knicks. It's just a fun thing to, to look at. It's not really, um, a big deal this early in the season but for some reason the Knicks have uh have kind of had this weird uh tendency to play well uh, against the good teams they've played this year and to not play so well against the teams that aren't so good um at the start of this season um obviously the Knicks are uh seven and four after a two and one week uh, I am recording this podcast, by the way, on the Wednesday. I'm traveling back to the Northeast on Thursday when I normally record. So I'm not going to have time to do that, obviously. So I'm recording it a day early. So we're not going to talk about the Bucks game. We're not going to have time this week to do it. We will do it next week if you guys would like. So that's the, you know, the end of the house cleaning as I literally am cleaning up the house that I've been living in in Florida today and then going back home to the Northeast. So... But anyway, we'll talk about the Bucs next week. We start with the Bucs game from the past week where the Knicks were really impressive. They needed to be after a couple of really tough losses against Toronto and Indiana. And the Knicks didn't look good early. I'll say that. The Bucks showed their championship medal in, in the first quarter, but the Knicks recovered extremely well and came back from, I think, 21 down in this game. Derrick Rose was amazing. I think he had 23 points off the bench obviously julius randall played extremely well had 32 points and was extremely efficient from the field rj barrett I, I thought had a phenomenal game. phenomenal game particularly in the second half it was great to have Nerlens noel back for this game we'll get a little bit more up to date on his status in a second and listen To be fair, the champs have struggled at home. I think after that game, they felt a one and four on their home floor. And that only win came on opening night against the Nets at the time. So the Knicks punched back in the second quarter. I mean, they were down 38 to 19 after one quarter. They were absolutely ransacked in the first quarter. Um, Luckily, I missed that quarter. So when I (laughs) went to tune in, it was midway through the second, and I'm thinking, what did I just miss? It's been uh, a crazy start to this game. The Knicks were on the comeback trail, and the Knicks slowly but surely—I uh, think it ended up being a—if if my math is right—that would that would be a 36-point turnaround in the game. Knicks won 113 to 18, down 21 to win by 15. Is remarkable. So, especially against the defending champs on their home floor. And they, they you know, listen, they survived a bad night from Kemba Walker, a, a pretty bad night, arguably the worst night as a Knicks so far for Evan Fournier, who really struggled. But that's where Derek Rose can pick up the slack off the bench. Nobody else was in double figures off the bench. Quickly had nine points, was good with the plus minus, but nobody else, you know, was really able to contribute offensively off the bench. And, and Derek Rose. Stepped up so, and like I said, it was great to have Nerlens Noel back. Nerlens is now questionable uh, for the Bucks game that shall, that'll happen tonight. You'll obviously know the result of that um, when you listen to the podcast. Uh, Nerlens Noel had a knee injury um, in the win over Philly, I believe. So we'll see how he does with that. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is dealing with a hip injury as well. So we'll see what happens with those two moving forward. Uh, Noel is questionable, and uh, it's at right sore knee. And we'll see if uh, he's able to play against Milwaukee. Obviously, it's big when he's in the lineup, but uh, we'll have to see. And he was in for you know Mitchell Robinson, who dealt with the hip against Philly. So we'll see. The Knicks are a little thin down low. That might not be good <laughs> for the Milwaukee game. Uh, on Wednesday. We'll wait and see how that pans out. But this was arguably the Knicks' most impressive win of the season so far, going to Milwaukee and turning it around the way they did. So it was a really you know great start to the week between podcasts, and, and then the Knicks just laid an egg at the Garden in the second half against uh, Cleveland. It was really poor. Um, right off the bat uh, with this one, I, I was shocked because I, I just didn't just never seemed like he scored that many in the game but I looked back I only saw the the first half of this game to be honest but I, I looked at the box afterwards and Ricky Rubio finished with 37 points 37 points I mean just unacceptable. he had 37 and 10 assists off the bench just not good enough from the Knicks defensively um listen. Evan Mobley's a really good young player. Twenty-six points I, again. This is this is a Cavs team that the Knicks should be should be beaten up. You know that the Knicks should be taking this team to school, and they were taken to school in the second half. Thirty-three to eighteen, the Knicks were outscored in the third. That was the difference in a 126-109 loss. Every other quarter was either a Nick, uh, you know, the Knicks either won the quarter, tied the quarter, or within a bucket. So. That third quarter was a really, really poor defensive quarter from the Knicks, and they didn't recover. So the Knicks ended up laying an egg, to say the least. And and listen, despite six guys being in double figures, Knicks did enough to win this game offensively. They did. It was the defensive side where, where the Knicks have been inconsistent at times, especially at home this year. The Knicks at home this year have seemingly been very inconsistent on the defensive end i mean they gave up 134 albeit in two overtimes against the celtics they gave up 110 in a loss against orlando they gave up 99 to be fair in a good performance against philly but then they gave up 113 against the raptors in a loss and then they gave up 126 points to a cleveland team that is not going to make the playoffs this year they're off to a good start you know, give Cleveland credit—they're off to a much better start than I thought they'd be off to. But you can't spot a team like that 126 points on your home floor—just not how it's done. And by the way, that 37 from Ricky Rubio was a career high. Unacceptable. You just can't—you just can't allow that to happen. Ricky Rubio, you know, as as good as he is as a passer, not a, not, a, not an elite score by any any measure in the NBA. So, it's one of those things where Tom Thibodeau again having will probably have had nightmares over that third quarter, in particular. Cleveland, to be fair, again they're seven and four, but they're they're not going to be in the playoffs. They're just not. So, that's that's an early season loss where the the Knicks I think were, I don't know, maybe they maybe they came into it a little overconfident after the the Milwaukee game. Although to be fair, it was a different start. They started better against Cleveland than they did against. Milwaukee, but that really bad quarter, like we saw against Milwaukee, came in the third when it was kind of too late to make it up. So there, for some reason, for some reason over these couple of years, uh, over uh, I should say under Tibbs, and even before Tibbs got there, it was even worse when Tibbs got there. Obviously, when the Knicks lose, it's just it's one quarter. It's just one quarter where the Knicks just fall apart defensively most of the time. And, or, or they just, you know, can't hit a shot, but that's the NBA, but it's the defensive side where at times they just, they just collapse and it's not good enough. Not if you want to be a team that's going to win in the playoffs, not if you're going to be a team that's going to make a run deep into the summer. So we'll see. We'll see how the Knicks uh, can improve on that. They eked out a win against Philly uh, a couple of nights ago. Saw most of the game. I I thought, uh, you know, it was on Philly's home floor. Listen, Philly were banged up, so the Knicks had to win. It really didn't matter how they got it done, in my opinion. You, you have to find a way. You know, that that's a game you can't afford to drop with, um, with the Sixers not only not playing Embiid but also not playing uh, Tobias Harris. That became a must-win game for the Knicks, and they got it done. They were able to get it done. Nick, 31 from Randall, 15 from Baird, who was, you know, a little up and down at 10 rebounds though. Evan Fournier had 11 points, only made one three, quickly had 10 big points off the bench, but it came down to the Knicks defensively, and uh, it really ended up being a a big victory, I thought, because those are the games you got to take advantage of, you know. And listen, Andre Drummond had a big night. 14 points, 25 rebounds. But right, that's the thing in the NBA now. You put up those monster numbers, it you still lose sometimes because it just doesn't doesn't make up enough of it, you know. And and by the way, the for the plus minus crowd, Andre Drummond had 14 points. He had 25 rebounds. He was efficient from the field, had two blocks, still minus 5 in the plus 5. He was still 5 points worse. The Sixers were five points worse with him on the floor, despite all of that. So it ended up not mattering in the grand scheme. Sixers also had six players in double figures. They had, they played eight guys. Six of them were in double figures. The only one that the only two that weren't were Danny Green who had eight points. So he was almost in double figures and Paul Reed who played 5 minutes and took no shots. So that the Knicks did enough to limit them. That was what it came down to. And the defensive end the Knicks redeemed themselves. And to be fair, they had a bad quarter in this game. You know, I, the third quarter the Knicks were outscored by 11 points. But the Knicks did enough in the first half and then closed the game out. I mean, RJ Barrett made a couple of huge buckets that big and one where he muscled his way through. He had the big block on Andre Drummond. Barrett did as well. So the Knicks made the plays. They had to down the stretch. And they won the game, 103-96. And it was a big bounce-back win against a team they should have beaten that was resting their stars. You got to take advantage of those, especially when it's in division. Especially when it's in division, you've got to take advantage of of those opportunities. And that's exactly what the Knicks did. So Knicks get to seven and four. Knicks, by the way, are five and one away from MSG in the first 11 games of the season. So odd sometimes, man, with with the NBA. Knicks are off to a good start and they've been way better on the road than they've been at home. Just two wins have come at MSG Sick, uh, sorry, the Celtics double overtime game, obviously. And then, of course, um, shortly after that, I think, the, uh, the win over the Sixers. That's it. Knicks are 2-3 and three at the Garden this year. So that's got to improve. But the reason the Knicks are still off to a good start is because of that road record. They've been phenomenal away from home. They've won at Orlando, at Chicago, at New Orleans, at Milwaukee, and now at Philly. That's pretty darn good to start the season. So the Knicks have made up for some of their home uh, woes, if you will, with some really good play away from home. And the, I think the only loss they had was when they laid that egg in Indiana. That's it on the road this year. They're 5-1 away from MSG. So Knicks are going to have to improve some of their home play. But uh, this road form has been really impressive to watch. No question about it. Especially the quality of the opponents, right? Again, I guess I I get that Philly was resting players, but to go to the champs and and get a 36-point turnaround, they they had a tough game at Chicago. They didn't close the game well. They still found a way to get a stop late and won. They won at New Orleans, which is going to be a tough place for teams to play this year, despite the fact that I just don't know if the Pelicans are going to figure it out with Zion injured. And then they won convincingly in Orlando. So... It's a good start. It's a good start overall. Seven and four. It could have been could have been better. Could have been a little bit worse. But the, you know, the two things I look at, gotta be better on your home floor, and gotta beat some of these teams you're supposed to beat. You know, like, like your Toronto's and your Indiana's. And and I still go back to not only the Cleveland game, but splitting against Orlando. You should have won both of those games as well. Sweep, though. Against a magic team that listen, I've been saying they're they're a team to watch, you know, in the east, but not necessarily for the playoffs, but they're going to be a lot better than they were last season. They're not going to be anywhere near the playoffs. You've got to take them out. So, those are you know little things the Knicks have to improve on and I think they will as the season goes on. They're only a half game back and only 11 games in, but a half game back of Philly for the top spot in the Atlantic. So they're keeping pace. Boston's had a slow start they're four and six. Toronto has had, I think a pretty surprising start. They're six and five, they're right there. And Philly, despite dropping two in a row, he's still at the top, eight and four. Early stages and the Knicks and Brooklyn are also seven and four. So early stages, but the Knicks are, you know,' they're off to a pretty darn good start. pretty darn good start to begin the season. and it's you know again, it's not going to get easier. Milwaukee, Charlotte, Indiana, Orlando, houston at chicago the lakers and then we eat some turkey on thanksgiving so we'll see we'll see how it goes we'll chat next week uh about the milwaukee game which again i'm recording on the day of the game so i'm not gonna have a chance to discuss it and we'll get into uh the games with with i guess the hornets and indiana as well and possibly the orlando game as well actually that's right. So. We'll have quite the slate to talk about, and we'll see how the Knicks improve on, honestly, overall, a pretty good week, a pretty good week overall for the Knicks, Uh, and we'll see if they are able to build on that. I'd love to to be talking about a 10-win Knicks team next week, but we'll see how it goes. Um, And again, just about being consistent, figuring those kind of things out. I was seeing a I was seeing an article already about you know, well what can the Knicks do to what's their piece, you know what's the what's the one piece the Knicks need to add to take the next step. I've seen articles now about you know Miles Turner of the Pacers could the Knicks make a deal for him at some point this season to to get over the hump. I'd love to see something like that, but I, I think either way the Knicks are building something here. And this is the kind of start that the Knicks needed to have to show the early improvements on last season's team. And obviously, they want to improve where it matters most, and that's by winning in the playoffs. But these are the kind of building blocks you have to set to be able to go and do that when it matters most, especially in an Eastern Conference that's going to be as difficult and competitive as it's ever been. You know, Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Knicks, Hawks, Heat, bulls you know possibly the wizards the magic all gonna be in the conversation uh in one way or another probably at some point this season i don't know and the celtics and the celtics the raptors might even be in the conversation so the east is proven to be pretty tough and, and you know again i i was i'm a little surprised at their slow start but i think indiana is gonna figure it out we'll see if they <laughs> You know, again, I just brought up them possibly trading Miles Turner to the Knicks, but that, you know, that was a column, but it's one of those things where we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it materializes as the year goes on. We'll take a break here. When we come back, news out of Portland that is very similar to the news we talked about last week in Phoenix, and we'll go around the NBA to see how everybody else is faring so far. We'll get some news and notes from the rest of the league coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. So last week we talked about the Phoenix Suns fiasco going on with Robert Sarver and the, uh, the ESPN report uh, about just a ridiculously bad workplace environment that's going on in the desert and has been for almost two decades. Um, there's similar stuff being investigated right now within the Portland Trailblazers organization. Um, according to sources uh, that told Yahoo Sports, Trailblazers GM Neil o- uh, Olshly, Olshley? Olshi, Sorry, I apologize for the mispronunciation. Um, the investigation has extended and expanded uh, looking into basically another, you know, toxic workplace uh, environment. Um, and, you know, they're looking into obviously the higher ups uh, like She in the Portland Trailblazers organization. And he's been alleged uh, for, you know, workplace misconduct first and foremost, um, and essentially, again, he's been there since 2012, so this could potentially go back pretty far. Um, This was the Trailblazers' statement that they released on Twitter regarding the allegations on uh, Saturday, I believe, last weekend. The Trailblazers organization was recently notified of concerns around workplace environment by non-player personnel at the practice facility. In response, we immediately engaged Omelveni, and Myers, and I apologize if I mispronounce that, an outside firm with significant expertise in this area to conduct a full, fair, and independent review into these concerns will take appropriate action based on its outcome. While we cannot comment on this pending matter, we are committed to continuing to build an organization that positively impacts our colleagues, communities, and the world in which we live and play. Uh, some of the allegations include a toxic and hostile workplace environment where employees felt bullied and intimidated. Uh, this is from Chris Haynes again of Yahoo. Um, and also said in the article is that the uh, the mistreatment allegedly reports back nearly 10 years and has led to mental and physical stress for employees on the team. Staff members apparently raised concerns on the handling of the death of video coordinator, Zach Cooper in April of 2020, uh, Olshi released the following statement quote. This is a heartbreaking loss for the entire trailblazers family. Zach was a positive spirit, a tireless worker and an outstanding teacher. Many, my prayers go out to his family and all who loved him. Um, that was the statement, but apparently a lot of employees didn't like the way it was handled, I guess, internally, uh, over his death. Um, and there's more. There's more to it. I, I invite you to go look up some of the articles on Yahoo about this. Um, much like the Phoenix stuff, it's uh, it's pretty tough to read. It's not as graphic because the you know not everything's come out yet. But I said it last week. You know, it's so widespread. We have no uh, no legitimate reason to be surprised that this is continuing to happen. Um, and it is sad. No question about it. And I, you know, I was pretty down about it last week because of just the, how graphic the details were. And and I, you know, again, I tried to warn you guys as much as I possibly could about some of those details. If you did go to read it, I hope you uh, were ready for it because it was pretty awful. um, To say the least, the ESPN report uh, in certain parts of it was extremely detailed and extremely graphic. Um this investigation is just getting underway, uh, from a, a a law firm that the trailblazers reached out to. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't exactly hold out any hope that it's going to lead to anything. Um, because it's the lawyers that they contacted. So I, you know, will they actually, uh, will it actually be fair? Will it actually lead to anything that is legitimate? I doubt it. Uh, I just, I hate to even say that, but it's the, you know, it's, it's the where, it's where we're at. It's where we're at. I've seen it in college so many times, right? When a coach or a player um, or a staff member gets investigated by a school hired law firm. And I'm putting that in quotes, obviously. um, And they will do a quote unquote fair and legitimate investigation and nothing comes of it you know it just of course not you know they're squeaky clean the reports aren't true come on now it's the nba it's sports right and i i just can't imagine that this it's it's just there's i go back to what i said last week there's too much evidence to think something's going to be uncovered here in this in this manner like They've, they've basically set themselves up to get out of it by hiring probably a, a law firm they have a relationship with or they trust to do an investigation. Yes, but to find anything, I don't know, release anything, probably not, you know, it's, it's naive, I think at this point to, to think that an NBA franchise is going to shoot themselves in the foot for the greater good here they're gonna, they're gonna say they're fine. They didn't find anything, you know? And that's the, and that's the other thing, right? Like what, what's the GM and the president going to do? Oh yeah. What year, what year did I do it? I, I, let me, let me, let me find out. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll let me tell you all I know. He's gonna, he's gonna say he knows nothing. Of course he is. It's against him. Neil Oshie, or, or Olshi I apologize I, I, I keep mispronouncing his name. what's he gonna say? Yeah put the cuffs on me no he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna deny it of course he is. you know it it's that kind of thing that leads to the workplace environment. he's he's either in denial or he knows it's wrong and does it anyway so like it doesn't matter. So we we'll, again. We'll keep we'll keep you updated on it. It's just it's the whole. Well, we hired a law firm that really is gonna dig into this thing, and just, we're we're gonna police ourselves. Come on, they're not gonna do anything. They'll probably be squeaky clean because they didn't do anything wrong. So you look at what is gonna happen moving forward, and and it's. You know, it'll probably be swept under the rug and then we'll see if anybody actually does some reporting and actually finds out what's what actually happened like ESPN ended up doing with Phoenix. And I made the comparison to to European soccer last week because it's even more uh, public than it is here. You know, there's entire countries buying soccer clubs in Europe. And these countries have done awful things to their people or to people of other countries. But they've got money. They're going to invest in the club. They're going to make the club better. Newcastle United is the most recent perfect example of this. Chelsea Football Club is run by a very shady owner named Roman Abramovich. Who can't even, I don't even think right now he can live in the, in the city where his club plays their games because he's under investigation. Chelsea play in West London. He can't live in London, Roman Abramovich. So he actually can't go and watch his own team play because he's under investigation. It's widespread across the globe. And don't even get me started again on, on Mohamed Bill Salman. Uh, bin salman the uh the saudi arabian prince don't even get me started i talked about him last week but newcastle united are, are dressing like him they're cheering for the people he's brought to to run the club and he's and he's gonna spend a crap ton of money and i get it right like your team hasn't been good and now they're gonna be good potentially but it's like do you have to wear the stuff and dress like somebody who's committed war crimes Probably not. So we'll see. I, I I don't know what's going to happen here. Probably not a lot. They're they're gonna do the amount of time they have to do to investigate this, and then I hate to say it, but it's the truth. They're not gonna come out with anything. Most likely, it's just gonna be another another thing where there's there. Yeah, we're fine. They yeah they looked through everything. Nothing was there. Move on, or you'll miss the headline. Like that's how little it'll be reported that nothing happened and it'll go away. That, that's, that tends to be how these things pan out. When Again, when it's hired by the team that's being investigated, that's investigating themselves, trying to you know police within. Or, right, they'll say, oh, somebody else did something really bad and we're going to fire them and now we're squeaky clean like i that that's the best i i think will will come out of it. I will say this if we get anything like what e s p n dug up i i'd be i'd be flabbergasted because no n b a team no sports franchise is going to self incriminate themselves they're just not going to do it so that that's where I stand on that it maybe it's you know for for some of you that don't follow this as much, maybe that's a jarring thing to hear. But I've seen it too many times. I've seen it too many times to just say, yeah, let's see what they find, you know? Let's see what they look up, and, and who knows? Maybe justice will be brought to the victims of this uh, of this heinous behavior. No, like, that's just not going to happen. Someone else is going to have to do it to actually find anything, you know? someone outside of the organization and their favorite lawyers at Mulvaney and whatever. So that that's kind of where I stand on that at the moment. Let me finish uh, with something a little bit, uh, maybe not more positive, but sort of more on the entertainment side of things because the previous topic was anything but that. It's just laughable uh, about the investigation part of it. I, listen, I, I think uh, we have some beef developing in the NBA, uh, between the nuggets and the heat, <laughs> early season NBA beef is going on right now. Um, this was a funny, like kind of uh, little scuffle, um, between, it was more than a scuffle to be fair. There was some shoving, you know, that there was, there was a little bit of a fight that broke out, but again, not nothing crazy essentially what happened the the nuggets beat the heat the other night and the nba suspended uh nikola Jokic and fined uh miami's markeith morris for getting into a scuffle uh Jokic shoved markeith morris to the floor from behind uh morris was fined fifty thousand dollars for committing a flagrant two foul on Jokic. this is all from uh, by the way the nba communications official statement uh and more more you know more specifically, uh, Byr- Byron Spruill, the president of league operations, um, essentially Jokic got a technical foul. Both players were ejected with 2:39 left in the fourth quarter in the Nuggets' 17-point uh, win over Miami. In Denver, um, Jimmy Butler actually got fined as well. I think he got fined 30 grand for, according to the NBA, trying to escalate the altercation and failing to comply with an NBA security interview as part of the review process pertaining to an on-court manner. Um, The Nuggets are playing the Pacers uh, later on tonight on the night we record the podcast, so uh, he won't play in that game. Really, like this all kind of kicked off when more videos, or maybe the same video, I honestly don't know, was released of the Jokic brothers on the sideline just not having it. Um, although again, I feel like that was from a different altercation with Phoenix. That was, that was the same video or something. I, I don't know. Maybe I missed that. I wasn't really in search of the video. I just read the statement to be honest, but the main, the main headline here is not to bury the lead is we got some beef going on between the Jokic brothers in Denver and the Miami heat. And I am all for it. I am all for for a little bit of beef in the nba it almost uh you know again trey young started beef with the knicks who retaliated with a little bit of beef back you know obviously a Knicks fan took it over the line and spat on trey young and that's unacceptable i do want to remind knicks fans of that that was absolutely abhorrent but the beef between knicks and the knicks and trey young is fun It's fun for the NBA. The Knicks are good again. Trey Young is filling out this Reggie Miller style mold of being the villain against the Knicks. That's fun, you know? Um, There's there's still plenty of beef between the Lakers and the Celtics because it's the Lakers and it's the Celtics, you know? I'm sure the Nets and the Bucks are starting to get a little bit of beef after last year's series. When they uh, meet up uh, at full strength this year, if Kyrie ever gets back, those games are going to be fun, you know? And, and that, that I'm sure will get bigger and bigger as we head towards the playoffs where they might meet again. You know, the Hawks and the Sixers have beef, you know, after, you know, Trey Young and the Hawks knocked them out of the playoffs last year. So, but this is brand new beef. This is brand new beef, baby, right off the grill. And I am extremely excited to see how it develops during the season. Listen, the Jokic brothers uh, are are guys I wouldn't want to mess with. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, it's funny to you know to see that either that video recirculator was a new video again. Forgive me, I, I'm not sure. But I, I'm looking up now when they play again. I'm, I'm trying to see if they play again this season. Yeah, you're darn tooting. They do, baby. November 29th, ninth, seven thirty in Miami, the rematch, I, I can't wait for that, I'm going to tune in for that, oh, it's on NBA TV, that better get bumped up, that better get bumped up uh, to nationally televised, uh, not that NBA TV isn't, but you know, we, we want a bigger network for that, we want to see TNT or ESPN take that one, because that is a game that you now have to circle on your calendars, because it's the rematch, and round two of new NBA beef. In the league so just a little bit of fun stirring the pot a little bit again listen you know you don't like to see it come to blows at times but it's it's one of those things where it's nice for the the neutrals to have a little bit of a little bit of beef you know just a little bit of beef and uh i'm excited i'm excited about it again again i'm not thrilled that you know they came to blows it's entertaining but you know you'd like to you'd like to avoid that if you can but the aftermath is going to be fun, is going to be a lot of fun, and when these two meet again, it's going to be a really entertaining NBA basketball game while you're probably eating your leftovers from Thanksgiving. Can't beat that, right? Eating some leftovers from Turkey Day and taking in some NBA basketball where it's going to be really, really, really entertaining and very much a physical game between those two in Miami. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Guys, thank you so much, as always, for listening to the show. Uh, Again, uh, this is my last show down in Florida. Um, The next time you'll hear from me, I will be back in the tri-state area. Um, Make sure you follow me on Clubhouse, whether it's Sean St. Jacques or Shock Shock Knicks Talk. Uh, Those are the two places to go there. Or uh, you can go to the NBA fan club or um, the other page as well. They get just the main NBA page on clubhouse. And either way, you know, you guys can get involved on there. Again, NBA fan club or shock, shock, Nick's talk. I actually got it right the first time. Uh, All this part of the NBA's new creator crew on clubhouse. Uh, And again, shock, shock, Nick's talk. It continues to grow uh, I just actually I just saw five new people jump in in the last hour. So really appreciate it. Again, I hope you guys jump in to the rooms as well. Join the conversation. I'll try to get back to that uh, next week. And when I'll be back, I'll be a little bit more settled in, and we can talk Knicks live uh, on Clubhouse. And as always, make sure that you leave a good rating and review of the podcast on iTunes. I uh, probably don't say that enough, but I really we, we always appreciate it. And you could follow me on Twitter at SAJ7. Uh, that is probably the best way to reach out to me if you want to get me directly to talk Nick's, Or you can message me on Clubhouse. You can message me on Clubhouse as well. Um, I missed a couple of your messages there this past week. It was just because uh, I was working all week, basically, uh, for a big, big weekend. So But that's all done. I've had a great time down here in Florida with my other work. If you want to know more about that, at ssaintj7 on Twitter is the place to go. Or you can follow me on Instagram, real Jacques. uh, there. We'll keep you updated on my whereabouts during the year. Guys, thank you so much as always for listening to the show. You guys are the best. You guys have been so loyal from the beginning. You guys are what make this show a lot of fun. So have a great week. I will speak to you guys next time on the shock shock nicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network have a good one everybody